Hello, and welcome to the Mind Fitness Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Ursh, and my role as your mentor is to help fuel, feed, and grow your brain to enable you to live your best life. That's right, I want to help you create your life by design. As the owner of New Zealand's longest running women's gym and health and wellness coach for over 22 years, I've had the privilege of helping thousands of women transform their bodies. And what I've learned is the key to all success starts with transforming your thinking. My mission for this podcast is to enlighten and brighten your day. Hey, 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 it's episode 22. And I wanted to do a huge shout out to everybody that sent me messages last week that said, Happy 21st, Ursh, Happy 21st. Today is all about habits, specifically habits around weight loss. You see, for the past couple of weeks, we spoke about intention, then we, then we moved on to behaviors, and today we're really going to focus on habits. And our podcast today is all about three essential habits to lose weight. So let's have a look at what are habits exactly? What are they? People talk about them all the time. Are they good for us? Are they bad for us? I wanted to start today with what is a habit? So habits are the things that a person does repeatedly until such a time that it becomes automatic. You know, like brushing your teeth. It's on autopilot. Like doing your shoelaces up. It's on autopilot. Driving to work some days, autopilot. And we have good habits and we have bad habits. The great news is that you can change a habit at any time. So you can do an inventory of your habits and you can just figure out what ones are working for you and what ones are working against you. Really similar to our behaviors. So what are some of the benefits of habits? So habits are algorithms operating in the background that power our lives. Good habits help us reach our goals more effectively and efficiently. Bad ones make things harder or prevent success entirely. Habits powerfully influence our automatic behavior. So a lot of people get confused between what is the difference between a habit and what is the difference between a habit and a goal. So a habit is a behavior that is repeated regularly and tends to occur subconsciously. It is a fixed way of thinking or feeling acquired through previous experience repeated over an extended period of time. A goal, on the other hand, is a desired result or outcome that a person envisions, plans and commits to achieve. So in order to achieve your goal, it's pretty essential that you have habits that align with your goal. Okay, well that sounds pretty self-explanatory-ish. Well, I just want to go a little bit deeper. So let's have a think about a goal and a habit. So you may have a goal of dropping some weight this month, right? And the habit that you have, which doesn't support that goal, could be going out drinking with your girlfriends on a Friday or a Saturday night. Although there's nothing wrong with the behavior or the fact it may be a habit nowadays, right? So it might be just a habit that you go out on a Friday night. There's nothing wrong with going out on the Friday night having drinks with the girls. However, if your goal is weight loss, then the habit is not aligned with the goal. Therefore, we're not going to have a match. We're going to have a mismatch. And that habit is unresourceful. And it's going to delay your results for your goal. Or 
it's gonna sabotage it all together I don't know about you but several times in my life at an unconscious level I might add okay sometimes it's at a conscious level I have self-sabotaged my goals due to my habits like I you know I, I want to get fit or I want to get healthy or I want to get strong and my intention is to get up early in the morning and I set the alarm and the habit is I just want to stay sleeping okay so maybe the real habit is rolling over and hitting the snooze button which reminds me there's a fantastic book called the five second rule by Mel Robbins so if you haven't heard of that book google it in fact you'd probably want to purchase it it's all about the five second rule so what is that exactly basically it means that if you don't take action within five seconds of that thought your brain will give you a hundred reasons why you can't do it it will talk you out of it something as simple as the alarm going off and if you do not hit that snooze button right and you just got out of bed your brain doesn't have the opportunity to find excuses for you as opposed to hitting that snooze button and counting for five four three two one neck minute you've talked yourself out of it and maybe maybe you've been like me and you hit the snooze button more than once you see your brain is designed to keep you safe and when you're trying to create a new habit the brain doesn't like it it's unfamiliar it doesn't feel safe so it, it will do anything in its power to stop you making progress so the trick is you've got five seconds to move you got as soon as you make a decision to act you need to count down five four three two one take off and implement straight away another book I really love on habits is the atomic habits and one of the quotes I loved in there was habits are the compound interest of self-improvement now I want you to really think about that habits are the compound interest of self-improvement as much as we'd like to just click our fingers and have the habit reoccurring it's something that we have to work on every single day and once you start one good habit you'll find the compact effect happens and you your brain unconsciously finds other great habits and that's why when most people join a gym and they do their training first thing in the morning they find that their food is pretty healthy they drink more water they sleep better and generally have a positive attitude towards life habits are essential to our health they can make or break chances of achieving and maintaining our lifestyle goals such as sticking to an eating plan exercising regularly and managing any medical conditions along with increasing the quality of life and promoting longevity so having great habits is really important if you want to have a great quality of life and you want to live for a long time studies by neurobiologists and cognitive therapists and others indicate that from 40 to 95 percent of human behavior how we think and what we say and our overall actions falls into the habit category and at least 50 percent of the time we are on automatic pilot say what we have these habits that we don't even know that we have we have the habits of having habits and we didn't even get a choice in the matter so I don't know about you 
If you want to change some habits and you want to stay strong on your weight loss journey for 2022, then stick around because we're going to share with you the top three habits that will help you lose weight. All right, are you ready for these? Habit number one, less food across the board. Number two, sleep, sleep and sleep. Number three, cull the sugar. So let's start with number one, less food. Now, why does that matter? I'll tell you why it matters. Because we're eating way too much. Yep, it's that simple. If we could change one habit to live longer, like one habit, people say give up smoking, give up drinking, exercise more, sleep more. No, no, no. Even though all of those things are great habits to modify and change, the one habit that we could change if we were to live longer is to eat less. Look, I get it. Eating can be a habit. Many people eat for different reasons other than hunger, such as being stressed, being tired, or even being sad. A lot of people also overeat because of certain habits, such as eating while distracted or eating too quickly. I mean, do you eat in front of the TV? Do you eat while you're on the phone? Do you eat while you're in the car? I mean, hey, I'm guilty of pretty much all of those at some time during the week. Our lives have become so stressful that our go-to for energy is food. We use food to celebrate. We use food to commiserate. Heck, let's be honest, there's always a reason to eat. Gone are the days where we eat for energy. Marketers now know how to get into our brains so that food becomes an addiction. So when we eat those yummy foods like, I don't know, ice creams, they have test samples of people that go along to get the right balance to hit that magical point where dopamine is released. Dopamine, that happy hormone, like your brain physically lights up when you have that explosion of taste in your mouth, which then becomes an addiction. They know it and they use it. It's no secret that we all eat too much. And when we eat too much food, our body goes into sluggish mode. Our digestive system does not like to work overtime. And when we're feeding it constantly, it's overloading it. So it requires energy to break down food. Let's have a look at Christmas Day for an example. When we overeat on Christmas Day, do we feel more energized or do we feel less energized? I don't know about you, but I'm that person sitting on the couch. Okay, so let's look at how we can do that. Well, one of the ways that you can do that is you can now downgrade your plate size. I mean, let's keep it, like, let's get real. How big are dinner plates now? They are massive. And if you just ate off a bread plate for every meal, like three meals a day, if you just ate off them, could you imagine how many calories you would reduce? The second thing that I would suggest is swap out dinner and lunch. So years ago, our grandparents were used to having a big meal at lunchtime, and then they would have a lighter meal at dinner time. We're now having a smaller snack size lunch, um, a snack size dinner after lunch and then at night time we're having dinner late and we're having a big huge portion 
I'm going to tell you a big secret. When you eat a big meal at night, you get big while you sleep. Don't believe me? Try this exercise. Weigh yourself tomorrow morning. Weigh yourself. Eat your normal food. The following night, I want you to stop eating at 6 o'clock at night, and then I want you to jump on the scales. Private message me. Tell me what the outcome is. I'd love to know that I was right. Drink more water. Why? Why does everyone keep pushing on about this water? Because nine, nine times out of ten, you're not hungry, you're thirsty. So a little trick I tell my clients is if they're hungry and they're like, but I'm so hungry. I'm like, great, drink a liter of water, wait 10 minutes and tell me if you're still hungry. Did I say liter? Yes, I did. Because I bet you what, I bet you anything, you would easily go out and eat a Big Mac. You would easily go through some fries. You would easily open a packet of chips, a packet of biscuits. You'd eat a cake. You'd eat a pie. You don't think twice about that. So why don't you just scull some water? And after 10 minutes, if you're still hungry, feel free to eat, but keep it small. So I'm curious, when you were a kid, what did you use to get from McDonald's? Well, when I was a kid, a cheeseburger was it. One, it was financial. Like my parents were like, you ain't getting nothing else. You're just going to get a cheeseburger, right? And we got the little mini fries. No drink. No drink. Nowadays, it is really common for children to be having a Big Mac, a sundae, fries, and a Coke. What's that about? Not only are we teaching our children really bad habits, but we are actually stretching their stomach. Our stomach is only the size of our fist. So if your meals are like five, six, seven, eight, ten times the size of your fist, you are stretching and growing your tummy. And that will make you hungry because now you've got to fill more space. So habit number two is sleep. Why does that matter? Now, we did a really good podcast about sleep. <clears throat> so if you haven't seen that, definitely swing back and take a listen. What most of us don't realize is when we are tired, our body craves energy and our calorie consumption can go up by sometimes 50%. But here's the thing. Not only does our calorie consumption go up, our sugar consumption goes up, our fat consumption goes up. Our energy does not go up and we constantly spend the day or the weeks or the months finding that energy. We think it's going to be in the toast, then we think it's going to be in a spirulina, then we think it's going to be in a can of coke, then we think it's going to be in a packet of toffee pops, then we think it's going to be in a foosball, then we think it's going to be in hot chips, then we think it's going to be in a sundae, then we think it's going to be in a pizza and if that's not enough, we drink it all down with a couple of glasses of alcohol. Because let's face it, we're so tired and stressed, we need a glass of wine to make it better. Unfortunately, alcohol does not give us a great night's sleep. In fact, it helps, it stops us sleeping, it doesn't help us, it stops us sleeping to our full capacity. Researchers found that when dieters cut back on sleep over a 14 day period, the amount of weight that they lost from fat dropped 55%. Even though their calories stayed equal, 
they felt hungrier and less satisfied after meals and the energy was zapped so even if you really if you have really good habits around your health right so you are eat, drinking enough water you are eating really well if you do not get enough sleep you reduce your potential to lose weight by 55 percent like is that worth it just go to bed earlier just get your butt to bed earlier you will thank me the scales will thank me your clothes will thank me one of the most common things i hear is i just don't have enough hours in the day i just don't have time oh honey you don't have time not to sleep so what is a really good amount of sleep what recharges the body what makes you feel good so that you don't have a fierce appetite the next day well statistics say it's around seven hours it's about seven hours so if you're getting more than seven hours go you because the people that I come into contact with this is one of the major reasons that they struggle with weight loss major 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 it would be definitely one of the top two so how can we get more sleep the the quickest and fastest way to get more sleep is to come off all your electrical devices including the tv so the phone the ipad um, the laptops the computers coming off all of those devices that is the quickest way for you to be able to get to sleep the second way that you can get to sleep is by using meditation so getting rid of all the blue light in your room putting on or wearing an eye mask and dimming lights in your house around 30 minutes to 60 minutes before you're going to bed I found by journaling and reflecting on my day that I am able to feel more relaxed more calm it it slows my thought process down and I'm in a more relaxed state and I'm able to go off to sleep earlier and another tool that I use is meditation so I like going to sleep to meditation so if you're a real later one of the things that I give my clients is I just say to them on your phone set an alarm set an alarm an hour earlier than what you'd normally go to bed so lots of my clients go to bed 11 12 o'clock so I say to them if you're normally going to bed at 11 then just set an alarm on your phone at around 9 30 or 10 o'clock to say no more gadgets go to sleep if you're the type of person that's been relying on three four and five hours sleep a night then this habit is going to be one that you're going to really struggle with because this is something that you've relied on you have your days full they're chock-a-block there's always things on your to-do list and for you to be able to stop and give yourself this gift of sleep will be a real challenge it's going to make you feel like someone's taken the toys away from you it's going to make you feel like you're not able to achieve all those tasks it's going to make you feel like you don't have enough hours in the day and look I want you to understand that that is really normal you see this is a habit you created the habit the great news is is you created a habit that's not serving your body it's not serving your central nervous system it's not serving you from a health perspective it's certainly not supporting you from a weight loss perspective so you have the opportunity and the availability to change that habit I will encourage you to be really graceful to yourself be have compassion for yourself and don't expect to be perfect just take little steps progress over perfection 
every day in every way. Okay, let's move on to step number three. Cull the sugar. Like I mean, don't just reduce it. I mean, cull it. Get rid of it. Just get it out of your pantry. Get it out of your fridge. Get it out of your mind. It is the most addictive thing on the planet. Did you know that the current average sugar intake is 42, yes, that's right, 42 and a half teaspoons of sugar per day for the average American person. 42 and a half teaspoons. Now I want you to visualize this with me. I want you to visualize, get a teaspoon and just put it into a whole bag of sugar and then scoop that into a cup. Because 42 teaspoons of sugar would overflow a cup. And that is what the average American person is putting into their body every single day. And for everyone that is saying right now, the good news is I'm not American. Trust me, you are having excess sugar. How do I know this? Because sugar hides everywhere. It's hidden in everything. It's even hidden in milk. It's hidden in tomato sauce. It's hidden in canned fruit. It's hidden in baked beans. It's hidden in chicken that you buy from the supermarket. It's hidden everywhere. Not to mention the stuff that we already know is full of sugar. Like Coke is full of sugar. Spirulina is full of sugar. Breakfast cereals, flavored milks are full of sugar. All of these things are full of sugar. We know it. We just don't. We just don't change our habits and do something about it. We crave it. We are addicted. Did you know that they've done tests? In fact, I was on a cruise ship once and I and I went to a seminar about sugar. And it's probably about it was about 10 years ago. And they showed us on the big screen the difference between sugar and cocaine in the brain. So they they lit up the brain when it came to the cocaine and what happens in the brain. And the brain was just like dum, 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 dum. the interesting thing was there was no difference in the stimulus in the brain for sugar as opposed to cocaine. The brain perceived them with the same happy buzz. What does this mean? I'll tell you what it means. I cut down my sugar rapidly. All jokes aside, what it means is as a, as a society, we are addicted to sugar. And sugar is killing us. Not only is it killing us, it's killing our kids. And it is definitely not going to help you with weight loss. A wonderful quote that I wanted to share with you is, the food you eat can either be the safest and most powerful form of medicine or the slowest form of poison. Ouch! That one's got to hurt. I hate to break it to you, but sugar is pure poison. I hear you. You're saying, it's fine and dandyish, but how do I reduce my sugar? How you reduce your sugar is one day at a time. One day at a time. Have a look at how much sugar you're consuming in a day. And I'm going to share this with you, not to boast, but because I didn't know what I didn't know. So at one stage in my life, I was consuming 15 cups of coffee a day because I was lacking sleep. 
right? So I was lacking sleep. What I didn't know was in one cup of coffee, without sugar, without adding sugar into it, there was tea, two teaspoons of sugar. Two teaspoons of sugar just in the milk. So when you add, it, add that up, that is like 15 teaspoons of sugar. 15 times two, that is 30 teaspoons of sugar I was consuming just on coffee alone in a day. That's a latte. It's all milk. So that was an example of me doing an inventory on the sugar. The other thing that I learned was there was two teaspoons of sugar in one teaspoon of tomato sauce. What? Like that real, I was like, here I am when I was doing keto at the time, I'm having bacon or sausages and eggs for breakfast, side of tomato sauce. Oh no, you don't, Ish, because everything has sugar hidden in it. Yogurt has sugar hidden in it. So you need to do an inventory. Bread has sugar in it. So do an inventory on what you're consuming on the daily now and then make it a habit to reduce it. How many teaspoons of sugar are you consuming in a day? And then reduce that sugar. And if you listen to the podcast, um, How Not to Put on Weight Over Christmas, right? one of the tools that we said there is chromium. So if you know that you're highly addicted to sugar, number one, you're not alone. Number two, you're going to be cranky as when you come off the sugar. Right? Think of it like you've just come off heroin, like cocaine, your body is addicted to it, that your body's going to fight, your body's going to resist, it wants to keep having the sugar. So just be prepared that this is not going to be an easy feat. Just know that you can do it. Many people have done it before you and many, will, many people will do it after you. So grab yourself some chromium, drink plenty of water and have lower sugar treats on the side. Maybe things like uh, sugar-free chocolate, protein bar, or a protein shake. Remember, when we have protein, it reduces our carbohydrate intake. Most sugar is hiding in a carbohydrate. So if we can reduce the carbohydrate, have more fresh vegetables, have protein with all your meals, and don't forget your water. Okay, so let's just recap the other three essential steps to weight loss. Number one, less food. Number two, sleep more. Number three, cull sugar. I really hope that today's podcast is going to guide you into creating some healthy habits for 2021. I hope these habits are going to energize you, empower you, and inspire you to show up with more confidence so that you can empower other people around you to do the same thing. Now, it's not going to be easy, but I know you can do it. I'm going to leave you with an excerpt from one of Brendan Burchard, my, one of my mentors, Brendan Burchard, one of his books, High Performance Habits. Just as athletes never quit training, high performers never stop consciously conditioning and strengthening their habits. Real success, holistic, long-term success doesn't come from doing what's natural, certain, convenient, or automatic. Often the journey to greatness begins the moment our preference for comfort and certainty are overruled by a greater purpose that requires challenge and contribution. The skills and strength you have now are probably insufficient to get you to the next level of success. 
So it's absurd to think you won't have to work on your weakness, develop new strength, try new habits, stretch beyond what you think your limits or gifts are. Here's to a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you next Monday. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend or share it on the socials and don't forget to tag me on hashtag MFM, Mind Fitness Mentor. And if nobody's told you today, remember, you are loved, you matter, and you are more than enough. Remember, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. I can't wait to see you then.